Thank you for joining us for the Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Today, Robert and Elizabeth will continue tackling life issues from a married perspective. forgive also. You have to forgive the one you felt so righteous and indignant against. You have to forgive before you can even begin to see this clearly. I cannot live a life that honors Jesus if I refuse the most essential part. His forgiveness is linked to my forgiveness. There's no wiggle room. There's no escape route from that. It is what it is. And so again, what comes? who comes to your mind with that? Who comes to your mind? that you need to forgive. Forgiveness is more than you being cleansed of your sins. You too are called to forgive others. Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will point out today how easy it is to accept grace for yourself and forget or even refuse to give it to others. However, you're called to show people the love of Christ through your willingness to forgive. Now here's Pastor Robert and Elizabeth in the book of Revelation chapter two as they continue their message, Culture of Honor. Revelation 2, 4, Jesus wrote this. He said, I have this against you, that you've left your first love. So I I look at at the rocks, and I have to just drop them. I can't be the judge. I don't have any stones to throw because I'm just as bad as anybody out there. First, I have to do, like he said, Revelation 2.5, remember therefore from where you've fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. I think that that's where the culture of honor as a lifestyle, it really begins. If we want that in the church as a culture, we have to cultivate it in ourselves. And I think it begins there with, um, you know, remember your first love and then repent that you let it go to whatever extent you let it do that. So what is it? Where is that in me? Do you remember what it was like when Jesus first found you? Where, where you were and how that was? Do you remember what he rescued you from? Do you remember how he went about washing and restoring you in the process that that was or maybe still is? And the feeling that he gave you as he did that, like he's, he's not just an academic exercise, it's a matter of in the heart making the connection to what happened when he talks about love, you left your first love. That was something more than just like a confession. That was, that was something that took over your life and made a decision. For me, there was a distinct moment. I was already in counseling, and I had been in church for three years without fully repenting. And, and, and I, was, I was having this 
situation where I sat with my counselor and I was just suddenly so aware of my own shame. Like I, I was just so aware of how unclean I was. And it wasn't just, I mean, what brought it to the surface was that at the time I was living a lesbian lifestyle. That is an obvious one, but it wasn't, that was just a surface really. Because what came to the surface in this very particular night was that, that I just admitted and realized at a very core level, I felt so unlovable and dirty and shameful. And it was much deeper than my sexual identity or any of that. It was something much, much deeper. And my mentor, she was like, why don't you try to look at Jesus on the cross? Just close your eyes and try to see Jesus on the cross looking at you. And I'm like, why would I do that? I'm already guilty enough. Why? I don't need his condemnation on top of my own. I already know what I've done. I already know. I fully expect that what I would see if I mentally did that was I would see Jesus like, listen, I died on the cross for you, and this is what you give me back, a life like that? That's what you do with that? Because I'd been those three years in church, but it had just brought me closer to repentance, but not to purity. But it starts with repentance. And so she was so wise, and it didn't have any of the names people give these kind of exercises today. It was just her asking me to close my eyes and, and try to see Jesus on the cross looking at me. And, and she was wise because she knew me well enough that if she dared me, I would do it. If she pitied me, I wouldn't. But she was like, you're a coward. You've done so many crazy things in your life and you won't even look up at Jesus on the cross. And I was like, all right, then. And it was really like expecting the worst, expecting the worst. And instead, I don't know how to explain it, but I, when I take others through a similar exercise, something happens when in our spirit we try to see Jesus. And I just knew that he looked at me not with anything that I expected at all. It was the first time in my life I saw unadulterated love, like love that wasn't lustful, love that wasn't put on. It was real. Like, I just knew that it was real. I, I can still, 30 years later, remember exactly what that looked like. And, and, and the most surprising part of that was there was this sense like he actually liked me, and like Jesus liked me. Kind of like Sally Field, like, you like me? And it was just such a shock. Like, I was, it, I was disarmed. I was unprepared for that. So when Jesus, that night, when, when now 30 years later, I'm like, but I was right in doing what I did. My righteous indignation, and Jesus was like, where are you now? Can we go back to that night? when you remembered how dirty you were, and I looked at you, and you had no rocks to throw. You know, it was just this. He actually, he actually, when he's like, remember your first love and repent of leaving it, that was where that night brought me to where all of a sudden I'm the one ready to cast stones because it needs to be done. And, and it was like, ooh, how far I've come from that night when I couldn't even lift my eyes. And so, so, the culture of honor, remember and repent. It really, you cannot live in an, it. Even if your environment around you was full of this honor, this attitude that we're trying to describe, but you did not do that in yourself, you couldn't participate in it. You couldn't benefit. You, it's your heart that where, the, where this is cultivated. The, everybody else could do it well, but if you don't, you will miss out from that. 
And and when that happens, like when when I remember that that night, all I can do is fall on my face. And it's like Jesus, what have I become? Like how did I go? I'm so sorry. You forgave me, and and here I am, ready to like throw mental rocks at at the apple of your eye, one of your kids. John 1, 9 and 10 says, If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sins, we make him a liar and his word isn't in us. So that night recently, when all of this was swirling in me and I was grasping for that culture of honor, I remembered that I know I've come to trust that even though I don't understand it, he does forgive, he does cleanse. But then he reminded me, I, there's one step further here. That is true. You need to confess and I will forgive you and cleanse you. But there's one more thing here. And so in Matthew 6, he says what that is. He says, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not Forgive men their trespasses. Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought I needed to be forgiven. And he was like, it's intertwined here. It's, you're only coming halfway. I will forgive you, but you have to forgive also. You have to forgive the one you felt so righteous, indignant against. You have to forgive before you can even begin to see this clearly. I cannot live a life that honors Jesus if I refuse the most essential part. His forgiveness is linked to my forgiveness. There's no wiggle room. There's no escape route from that. It is what it is. And so again, what comes? who comes to your mind with that? Who comes to your mind that you need to forgive? That's the third sort of component of the culture of honor. Forgive both ways. Ask his forgiveness and forgive others. And it's, you know, we know it's easier said than done. It's one of those things that, I don't know, I, I think a lot of times we we get so focused on what the other person has done, and somehow we think we're holding them accountable with our unforgiveness, or, or in some cases we misunderstand and think that it's about the emotion. You know, I have people say to me, I, I, I just can't, I can't forgive them. But what, what they're actually saying is, is either, you know, the, the emotion is still so big or they, you know, maybe confuse forgiveness with trust. for joining us for this special Friday edition of Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain and his wife, Elizabeth. Each Friday here on Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert and Elizabeth will be tackling various issues that we face as Christians from a husband and wife perspective. Be sure to join us each Friday for these insightful messages from Pastor Robert and Elizabeth. For more information about Main Thing Radio, Pastor Robert, Elizabeth, and Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, log on to MainThingRadio.com. That's MainThingRadio.com. At our website, you'll find today's broadcast for you to listen to or download. We also encourage you to prayerfully consider financially supporting Main Thing Radio. With a gift of any amount, we will send you an MP3 CD of the current series Pastor Robert is teaching through here on Main Thing Radio. A secure option for you to give has been provided via PayPal. 
That's all available at MainThingRadio.com. We'd also like to encourage you to follow us on Twitter. A link to subscribe to our Twitter feed is available on MainThingRadio.com. Again, thanks so much for joining us today. Remember to join us on Monday as Pastor Robert will continue teaching verse by verse through the Word of God. That's next time on Main Thing Radio.